Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, put those hands together up in here. Come on, come on. Where my praise is at? Come on, come on. It's John Mitchell, Spoon Fed. Kids Prodigy giving God a crazy praise up in here. Here we go, come on, come on. Put them hands together. Without you, whatever happens, I know you will come through. I don't have to be pumped prime to give you praise. I will bless the Lord at all times and always. From out of my mouth, I sing a song. That's what I was created. You're listening to Global Gospel. Stay tuned and be blessed. I know you will. I don't have to be. I don't have to be from the prime to give it praise. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I'm blessed Come on. From out of my mouth I sing the song. That's what I was created to do.
he inhabits the very praises of his people. The Bible declares that praise is comely for the upright. Praise is the fruit of our lips. We thank God for another Saturday being here to share with you again. This is your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and you are listening to Global Gospel. We are here every Saturday from the 1 p.m. hour until the 2 p.m. hour. We certainly encourage each and every one of our listeners to continue to listen in. We thank you all, uh, all those that are listening regularly uh, across the United States, across Canada, South Africa, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Australia, India, South Africa, Turks and Caicos, Jamaica, West Indies, wherever you are, we thank God for your listening ear, and we want you to continue to let others know that we are here live at Global Gospel every Saturday. All our shows are archived, so indeed you can listen in at any time. We're grateful for God, to God for this, the second week in the year of our Lord, 2019. We are 12 days into the new year, and we thank God for all that he has already done and what he is going to do. Eyes have not seen, ears not heard, have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men what God has in store for us. If you would like to uh, reach out to us, you can do so on, we're on social media, so uh, we want you to go to our uh, pages on, uh, we have a Facebook page, Global Gospel, Twitter page, Global Gospel, Instagram, Global Gospel. Uh, so we are definitely out there. Leave, leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a message. Shout us out. Uh, re- you can reach us directly here on uh, line at www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. If you need to write us, you can write us at P.O. Box 5331. That is Hempstead. New York, 11550. If you would like to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 516-481-3187. If you need to email us, send us an email. Uh, let us know that you're out there. GlobalGospel17 at gmail.com. So, again, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Uh, so, you know, like us, share us. Comment on our page uh, Once again we are Global Gospel and our theme here At Global Gospel, Gospel Comes from 2 Corinthians Chapter 4 Verse 3 but if our gospel be hid It is hid To them that are lost And whom the God of this world have blinded The minds of them which believe not Lest the light of the glorious Gospel of Christ who is the Image of God should shine unto them for we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus sake so we are here spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ we are spreading the good news for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes the gospel is comprehensive it heals it delivers it saves and it sets free also by way of announcement, uh, we want to invite you for the month of January. We have embarked on evening inspiration. So every evening, if you look at our uh, Facebook page or if you look at Twitter, you will see our evening inspiration. We are offering you an encouraging word 
and scripture for the entire month of January, trying to just uh, set a tone for the year. And by chance, yesterday's uh, evening uh, evening inspiration came from Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So thank you for uh, listening in and certainly read those inspirations daily. I want to... Uh, you to know that we do have a special guest this evening, uh, this afternoon, that will be with us in just a few minutes. And so we do want you to stay tuned because there is uh, a message uh, that we would like to for you to hear from this dynamic person. And if you, in the meantime, uh, while we're waiting to hear from our guest, uh, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, you will see one of the things that we will be discussing on uh, this great Saturday afternoon, this second uh, Saturday of a new year in January, the 12th of January 2019. We are going to uh, take a break. Uh, we want you to know that our number here in studio is 619 924 Zero zero six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero, and certainly you can call in and let us know that you are listening. Miranda Curtis has a song, and it simply says "Power Lord." So uh, as we take this break, we want you to focus on the power of God, uh, what He has done in your life what you have known him to do in the lives of others. And we are going to come back with Old Path, New Day. Stay tuned and be blessed. Power Lord, Miranda Curtis.
Brandon Curtis, our Lord. And in our studio, we have our special guest in with us. Say hello to us. Well, good afternoon, and thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited about being here with you on today. Thank, thank you for joining us. If you don't recognize that voice, uh, that is Reverend Cynthia McCants. She is the pastor of the New Gethsemane East Campus in Middle Island, New York. And so she took time out of her busy schedule to just share with us. How about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you so much for having me, Elder Townsend. Um, I am Pastor Cynthia McCants, as he shared. I am the newly installed senior pastor of the Cathedral at New Gethsemane Baptist Church East, located in Middle Island, New York, and I serve under my humble general overseer, Bishop Jason McCants. Uh, we have, uh, we're one church in two locations, Middle Island and Brooklyn, New York, which is our main campus. Um, I hail from Central Islip, New York. My home church was Hope Missionary Baptist Church uh, in Central Islip, and I'm just so excited that the Lord has prospered me in ministry uh, to have joined in with my bishop husband, uh, Jason McCann, uh, with New Gethsemane. Um, I'm excited about the work that the Lord has assigned to my hand, and I get excited when I see the kingdom progress and move into the things that God has said concerning his people um, as recorded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That That is uh, uh, great news. That is good news to hear that um, that there's excitement in the air. And we thank you for representing CI. And you represent hey. CI. <laughs> CI, Brooklyn, Middle Island. Uh, we, I think we have the whole Long Island covered from uh, <laughs> west to east or east to west. So um, it is uh, awesome that you are here. And we know that she is um, a dynamic powerful speaker along with her husband as well and I will just say this um, I was in a service a few years ago at a seven last sayings and uh, between the two of them they kind of tag team but when their uh, both their words were over they had left no stone unturned so <laughs> we do want you to check out New Gethsemane in your spare time so pastor it's a new year and um, so many uh, things are going on in the world, in the church world, in uh, the secular world. Uh, the, the government is, quote, unquote, shut down. Um, and I, I shared on the post, there's a particular passage of scripture, uh, Jeremiah six sixteen, and it says, Thus says the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk there and what in this day in this hour in this season what do you believe that God is saying to us well um, it's a very precarious time um, in this world um, and it creates a great challenge for the kingdom of God um, we're living in a time now where um, the moral fabric of the country um, is really being challenged um, I believe that because of the somewhat loss of integrity uh, from leadership, from the head down, um, when you have a society that is losing the, the, the positiveness of, of good nature and good spiritedness and, and they begin to accept things that customarily and historically have been unacceptable, 
um, I think you find that you'll have uh, where we're looking to decrease crime, you'll find an increase in crime, but the crime-ridden areas will change. Um, you know, back in the 80s we had crack, uh, you know, now we have heroin. Um, you have different challenges and maybe a reduction in numbers in some areas, but then you're always going to find an increase in another area. And I believe that a lot of the change that we're seeing in our society, our country, and in our uh, uh, surrounding areas and, and also in our churches has a lot to do with leadership. When leadership does not have a regard for people, for mankind, uh, for things that um, are sensitive or have been sensitive to us in prior years, um, people follow leadership. So if you have a leader with an integrity problem, you'll find that the people that follow that leader, and maybe those that don't follow it, but those who are subject to that leader, um, will also lose some sense of what is integral and what is not integral. And I believe that all of these things in totality um, bring a challenge to the church because the basis of um, our faith is love and truth and what is right um, and what is right according to the word of God. And with that, when you have people who are challenged with what is right and what is true, the church now has to find a way to still preach a timeless message, a timeless gospel that reaches people where everything around them is saying uh, what was no longer what, what used to what, what what was not acceptable before is now acceptable, and we have a, a, a familiar message. But we now have to find a way to deliver it so that it appeals to people that reaches beyond what, it, what their surroundings say is acceptable. Um, and I believe that we, are, we not only have that challenge as it pertains to reaching the unchurched, but we also have that challenge as it pertains to maintaining those who are churched. Um, and when I say churched and unchurched, meaning those who are already believers being the church and those who are unbelievers, meaning those who have uh, yet to accept Jesus Christ or to be transformed. So I think we have a great challenge in the kingdom um, in how to respond to the change in the fabric of our country and our community and society um, and how to remain relevant and to use what we've always used, but to deliver it and make it available in a way that meets the needs of today's people in their language and in a way that they will receive it. It doesn't mean we have to look the world, but I believe that sometimes you have to change your approach on how you deliver a very familiar message. Right. And and that was it was a loaded question that I asked, and it was a loaded answer as well, and you, and you made so many points. Uh, I think you started at the top with leadership and you talked about integrity. What are some of the ways that we can uh, restore people's trust? And because so many people have lost their trust in leadership and, you know, it's, it's an area that needs to be restored. What are some of the ways that we can restore that area and also regain our trust in leadership? Well, um, you know, I think there's something that comes kind of before that. When you, okay. we can deal with leadership, and I'm just going to assume you mean leadership maybe in the church, uh, leadership in uh, politics, um, but 
when people's integrity has been broken down, and what I mean by that is, let me just make this a little clear because I think it's more than integrity. Um, okay. When your surface has been broken down, uh, maybe you were brought up uh, to believe that a young lady should wait until she was married before she engages in sexual intercourse. And I'm just using this as an example. Um, and that was your training and, and how you were taught all of your life. Uh, maybe when that young lady goes away to school, she is now around a different group of people. Maybe uh, the majority of those people are unsaved people. Um, and they're challenging her, saying, oh, well, that's old-fashioned, and uh, oh, well, I did it and nothing happened to me. And, and so now um, they begin to peck away at the surface of what that young lady has been built and, 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 and uh, taught to believe. Um, it's challenging her faith. It's introducing uh, a sense of temptation maybe where there used to be no temptation. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if she succumbs to the pressure, um, she may have a lot of fear and trepidation the first time. Choose this as an example. Um, and going into it the first time and realizing uh, uh, nothing, quote, unquote, happened. She didn't experience what she thought she would experience. And so maybe what she thought for so long was wrong, what, you know, uh, it may, it may have, she may have thought it was wrong, but it felt right. So now, right. when she's challenged again, um, she's broken down the wall of her faith. She's broken down the fear that kept her from moving in that direction before she was tempted and introduced to these types of things uh, before. Now, you know, her lining is broken. You know, her hymen is broken, to use a, a, an analogy. So now she knows the experience. She knows what it feels like. And so now what used to be a barrier for her is no longer a barrier. Um, and it becomes easier and easier as time goes on because now there's a familiarity with something that before was estranged and she just withheld because of her faith. I believe that's how it is in society now. Um, we're being challenged in so many different directions to think and guess and wonder about things that we had accepted by faith to be true, accepted by faith to be right and wrong. When that level of, of surface is broken off of you, we can't even begin to deal with the quality of your integrity until we address the fact that your hymen in a situation has been broken. Uh, we've been broken by so many different things, bad experiences, um, negative comments, uh, low self-esteem. So many things have broken down the fabric of who we are. What we believe to be for so long, uh, we explored and found out or believed that now what we thought was wrong, and so now we're open. We're in a place before we were closed, uh, an area we wouldn't necessarily go into. Now we're more willing to go into it because our borders, our lining has been broken down. And I believe that's really the first stop because what we do can be, um, it can be impressed upon us by exterior pressures and people and problems in situations and circumstances. But the ultimate decision is made by us internally. No one can break your barrier unless your barrier has already maybe been worn down by a response to temptation. So I think the first issue really to deal with is the fact that, you know, by life circumstances or decisions, a lot of our um, borders and boundaries have been interrupted. 
um, and imposed upon. And so now we are subject to areas that we were no, we used to not be subject to. When it comes to integrity and dealing with what is right and wrong and what is good and bad, you know, even outside of the scriptures, we know what the scriptures say, but people now, believers and unbelievers, are going beyond what the scriptures say because society is imposing upon us that somehow or another God did not mean what he said (laughs) and that somehow what God said is no longer relevant because because the laws say we can now do what God has already spoken about. You know, um, and because of that, uh, it brings us to the scripture that says everything that is lawful or uh, everything that is lawful is not expedient. And we can apply that to every area of our lives. Um, you know, uh, partaking in pharmaceuticals, the Bible calls it pharmakia in the Greek, um, and, and the pharmaceuticals, drugs, um, that we should not be overtaken by anything. Um, in these situations when the government makes marijuana legal, um, and not just medical marijuana, but social use of marijuana and other types of drugs legal, it says, oh, well, before it was illegal, and so my faith will not allow me to do something that is illegal. But now that mm-hmm. it's legal, right, now we've broken down the fact that the law kept me from doing it. Now I'm, I'm like, okay, well, the law says I can. But just because it's lawful, the Word of God says, does not mean it's expedient, meaning it's the right, right. thing or the good thing to do. And so we've been broken down the fabric of our faith um, by, the, by the pressures of life and the cares of the society um, have changed um, our level of boundary, where we will go, how far we will go. Um, and it's challenged our faith in what the Lord has said is right and wrong. You know, and when we look at leadership, because I believe your question also was about leadership, and I said it can be leadership in the church or leadership in our society like the political system. Mm-hmm. You know, before we can begin to restore our, in, our trust in others um, who are proven to be less than integral, um, we must, like I said, begin to deal with ourselves first. Um, and we must realize that Whatever your faith is, whatever your belief is, if your belief is in the word of God, you can't just stand on part of the word of God. You've got to stand on the entire word of God. And so when we identify leaders in in either area, in the kingdom or outside of the kingdom, who have proven to be less than trustworthy, who have proven to be less than integral, who have proven to um, uh, um, be criminals or or suffer from some kind of sexual um, issue or something like that. We must apply the entire word. We can't just throw somebody away or put them in the shredder because they have sinned, Um, uh, repentant or not. The Bible says that we are meant to forgive others. We are meant to restore others the same way we expect the same thing when we fail. Um, And so we get so caught up looking at people and individuals. You can't bypass your government leaders, not according to the word of God. Anyone who has rule over you or, or you must submit to those who have rule over you. 
I may not right. agree with the leader. I may not agree with the president. I may not agree with the governor. I may not agree with the mayor. I'm just using this as an example. Right. I may not agree with them on everything. I may not agree with um, the makeup of who they are. I may not agree with their uh, belief system or the way they're going about things. Or even my leader, my pastor, um, or other leaders in my faith. I may not agree. I don't have to agree. But the word says I must submit, right? Um, it, it's, we can't be part of the problem. We must be part of the solution. So oftentimes we run into the place of judging people. Um, and, and we can't judge and expect not to be judged. So oftentimes we want to apply a certain rule of system to people that we're not willing to have applied to ourselves. So how do we begin then to deal with situations where people have proven to be less than trustworthy? We have to begin to look at the word of God. We have to restore people gently. We have to speak the truth of God's word. It doesn't mean that they're going to be willing to listen. It doesn't mean that they're going to accept what you say. But the point is, is you do what God's word says do. You can't, you're not responsible for their response. But you are responsible for your response. That's and true. And it's very easy to, to throw people away and to become angry and to shut doors on people, and to be unforgiving, key word. It's easy, to, it's easy to do that because we feel justified in our feelings because of their actions. We are offended by their sin, but we're not offended by our own sin when we fail to forgive those who have sinned. Yes, sure. I'm, I'm offended by sin, but... I can't be so self-righteous that I'm so offended that I won't execute the word of God, which says I need to forgive them. At least take the time to speak the truth about the situation according to the word of God. Not your truth, not your opinion, but the truth of God's word. And I found when I do that in situations where people have violated me, it gives the word an opportunity not just to work on them, but it also gives the word an opportunity to work on me. I'm going to pause right there because I don't want to overtake it. You may have more or, or have questions or whatever, but I, I feel very passionately about it if you have not recognized that. <laughs> no, I no, I, I completely understand. And, you know, the key, I mean, you, you made several points. Um, to to uh, recap, you know, you basically said, you know, basically the the enemy or the devil or Satan has, you know, like you said, you know, the surf, there's a surface issue. And so basically what I, I see that he he's doing is there's several ways now, so to speak, that he says you will not surely die. And but he doesn't say it in that way. And by legalizing certain things that, you know, were not legal before. And the thing is, we don't die naturally right away. But, you know, things you know, we die uh, morally and spiritually and, uh, and you know, things like that. And then that's how we get the moral decay of society, as you said, because it happens gradually. It's a, uh, we are progressively uh, digressing and, you know, and it becomes a problem because we know that, you know, every society, many great societies have fallen and uh, we're not exempt from, 
you know, from that as well. And then, you know, you said about um, how we have to forgive others in leadership. And so basically you're saying that we need to maintain a balance between what we, between what's wrong, what's right, what we believe and how we handle those things that are wrong. Correct. I wouldn't necessarily say we need to find a balance. Um, Okay. My belief, my, my feeling is, Stand on what you believe by faith. Stand on the word of God by faith. I don't need to compromise with you um, when you're in sin. I don't need to compromise with you when you're wrong. So I don't believe there's finding a balance. I believe, and I may be misunderstanding what you're saying, but I just believe that um, stand on what you know and believe by faith. Hate um, and anger is never going to reap a positive response. It's going to reap a reactionary or retaliatory retaliatory response. I can speak clearer to you in a conversation of appeal than I can in a voice of outrage. I can be outraged and speak truth, and instead of being outraged, and allowing my volume and my physical action to cloud my message. I don't need to compromise with you, but I do need to stand on what I know by faith. Did I mis did I did I misunderstand or is is you know what I'm saying? There's no we well, can't well, balance just, that. Well, I'm saying that you well, with the point you made about um about forgiving others, and you know what what I was trying to say is that. You know, while while all these things are happening, you're saying that we still have to check ourselves and make sure that we are forgiving when others mistreat us, right? Is that what right. you're saying? I'm, I mean, let me, like, I think that, you know, we get sidelined by the emotion of the situation, the audacity, right? As they say now, you know, you get caught in your feelings. We right. get so caught up in our feelings and our emotions that sometimes we never apply reasoning or we never apply our faith. And sometimes we do, but it may come after a period of time, maybe a cooling period. Um, Just taking my own personal uh, situations, I've been in some situations, and some more recently, where people have violated, I mean completely violated me, violated my trust, violated um, my family, violated our relationship, and it's easy for me to be angry. It's easy for me to hold that thing against them. I know what you did was wrong. You know what you did was wrong. But if everybody I say else, in a, everybody, everybody else knows what you did was wrong. But I had, and I'll just speak from over. I had a decision to make. You're dead on right. I'm mad. And you're dead on right, I'm angry. But to stay in a place of anger and mad and never get to the place of saying, how, you know, how can I forgive this person? Mm. Because in order for me to forgive you, I have to release that anger. Mm-hmm. Anger and forgiveness, <laughs> they never get married. So, yes, I'm disappointed, overwhelmed, I'm overtaken, but I have to get to some place where I realize 
there's something wrong in you that would allow you to do what you did to me. For me, that was the first place that I had to go to before I stopped considering how dare you and stopped considering what they did. That was the first stop I had to go to. Okay. And that, in this situation I'm referring to, it came from an earlier place in my life where I had to forgive someone who physically violated me. And only the Lord could do that. Only and I had held it for a long time. And it came to a place in my life where literally the Lord said to me, I'm trying to think how he said it. It was like, hurt people hurt people. If this person hurt you, somebody hurt them. This is a learned behavior. Now, I'm paraphrasing how I heard it, but this is what the Lord said to me. He said, this is a learned behavior. And if this person did it to you, somebody did it to them. They learned it somewhere. And then the Lord said to me, thank God you know me. How sad it is they didn't know me. Mm. Because the victim began to make other victims. If they knew him, they would have never made another victim. And that was the first place where compassion began to come into my heart. Because then instead of seeing them as the person that violated me, I began to see them as me. A victim. A victim. I began to see them as me, as violated as I felt. I felt like nobody protected me. I felt like uh, 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 um, I was vulnerable and somewhat useless. And when the Lord said that to me, I saw them the way I saw me. At some point, that person felt the same way. For me, I had God. I had faith. And so I have a relationship with God. The Lord was able to minister to me. And so I began to look at look at that person, and I realized because that person repeated what was done to them, somehow or another, they never had that relationship. And what a and sad the, reality. And the relationship I'm with sorry. Christ makes, and I was just saying, the relationship with Christ makes all of the difference. And certainly that is why, you know, we have to get to know him for ourselves. And uh, that way, you know, we don't repeat the cycle. You know, because of what you're alluding to is a cycle, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And it just yes. keeps going and going until somebody stops the cycle. I do, we, we are, we are, our time is uh, getting away from us. I do want to take a brief break, um, and then we're going to come back and kind of wrap things up. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Our number here in studio is 619-924-0800, 619-924-0800. Zero. If you do want to shout us out, if you want to call in, question, comment, uh, we uh, have uh, as our special guest today, Reverend Pastor Cynthia McCants, New Gethsemane, uh, East Middle Island, New York. Uh, the song simply says, uh, Gain the World. And so we're going to take this brief break. 
and we'll be right back and we're gonna wrap up this afternoon. Stay tuned. want you to uh we were talking about um you know old old path new day what god is uh saying to us now and that our society is uh we have a decay in our society and our government and our leadership and certainly we know that he is calling us to stand on the word of god and you said you know so many people are trying to go beyond what god said and you know and make up things and and just twist things. Um, so how would you like to uh conclude uh this afternoon to the to the believer and to the unbeliever to uh maybe offer them words of encouragement or advice. Well, uh thank you again for having me. Um I believe that the topic we were talking about before the break is a very serious topic and you know, um, I believe that it requires um, a lot of uh, dialogue in many areas um, and that we don't want to, especially in this climate, uh, take it for granted. Um, you know, everybody's situation and experience is different. Um, sure. But I do believe that when we have situations, when we, especially in this, uh, with everything with the Me Too movement, and it's not even a movement. It's it, it's just a horrible experience, a reality of where we are in society at this time. Um, mm-hmm. But also with the you know the boiling over of this R. Kelly situation as well. Um, I don't. Wow, that's a whole nother, that That's a whole nother hour. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother. You know, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say wouldn't bother, but I wouldn't even try to you know address that at any level. Um, but what I want to say is. Um, 
I don't want to belittle anyone's experience, and I didn't give a timeline for my experience, but it wasn't an overnight work. Um, but there must be a relationship with God in order to deal with the difficult things of life. Um, and I do believe that um, even though it's difficult for us to uh, forgive people who violate us at any level, I'm not just talking about physical violations, but at any level, it is difficult. But if we can begin to uh, see people differently and know the truth of God's word, um, the Bible tells us that we must love our neighbors even as we love ourselves. And it becomes difficult when you find people who don't have the same uh, belief system that you have, the same level of integrity that you have. It becomes difficult to love people like that. It becomes difficult to submit to people that you don't believe in what they believe. I mean, I'm, I, I don't have the same political beliefs or uh, uh, system beliefs that our president has. Um, and, and, yes, I have some very strong views that do not coincide with his views. Um, however, he's still the president of the United States, and I have to trust God that uh, God knows all things and that God is yet in control. And clearly God saw fit that, that uh, this president becoming president was necessary in this hour. Um, all throughout the Bible. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. All throughout the Bible, we often see how the Lord used um, people's enemies or people who had uh, opposing views and lifestyles and what have you to bless those um, who had the favor of God on their lives. So even though it may be uncomfortable and I may not agree with our leader, um, I don't trust him. I trust God. And right. so I can do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, uh, as a as a United States citizen, even though I don't believe in the person who is leading, I believe in the God who leads me. So I just want to kind of make that little segue. Um, yes, we have to get to the place where we see people differently um, who come against us. As it pertains to um, dealing with us in church and uh, leaders and, and, and the, the lack of uh, uh, moral integrity and things like that that we begin to see in the body of Christ, um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing everywhere, and it is somewhat of an epidemic, if you like, um, the emptying out of churches, how we move forward from there. Yeah, we can say, oh, it's because of the preacher, it's because of the leader, it's because of, you know, all of this stuff we see going on in the church. That's not the reason why church is emptying out. Um, you know, you have one-off scenarios and situations everywhere, but everyone, the leader, the pew person, everyone deserves the same grace and mercy um, on, on them as the other person. So even though leaders should be held to a higher standard, um, they should have a, a greater level of accountability. Um, because they are in leadership. They must be above reproach, um, but they're not above the love of God and the forgiveness that God offers. Um, and so we have to remain prayerful. Uh, sometimes we want to talk about what leaders have done and what they have not done and talk about their issues, but my question also is um, how often did you take your leader into consideration when you bent down to pray? Um, was it easier to complain or was it easier to fall on your knees and pray? Most people will complain and they'll talk about what the leader is and is not doing. But I just want to know, have you put as much effort and energy into praying for your leader as you do in complaining about your leader? Because nobody is perfect. We're all subject to temptation and That's challenges. 
um, and as you know, just coming to a close on this, I just want to say that um, I just alluded to the fact that you know the future of the church is changing. Yes, churches are are emptying out. Uh, the mega church is being redefined, and you know, small is the new big. Um, downsizing, I believe, is um, is what's happening naturally, but um, it also has to be a mindset as well. We have to be more creative in church to find a way to reach people who have decided that God and church attendance is not as important as it has been in prior years. And for many, many reasons, um, and a lot of it has to do with what I started out with, with the things and the pressures in society around the society. Society is saying you don't need to be in a church on Sunday morning. You don't need to go to church or, or, or worship God the way you used to. They're offering them something different. And so people are choosing not to attend church. And what I do want to say is um, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's like anything else. Every Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company you've ever seen, they have to change with the times in order to remain relevant. And I believe that church relevancy in this hour has a lot to do with being who you say you are. If you say you love God, that ought to be the example that you show in everything that you do. If you say you exist for the people uh, uh, to to serve God, then that is what the people ought to see that you do. If people are not coming into the church, then we must get out of the church and go where the people are, and that is fulfilling the Great Commission. It's all biblical, and I believe that people are very much into social media and on online. So if your church is not into social media and online, then, yes, you will grieve the fact that less people are in the pew because you have not identified the fact that although they're not sitting in the pew, they are waiting for you on the Internet. They are waiting for you um, uh, on social media so that they can engage with you in a way that they have found helpful. If the world has drawn to the to the Internet and to social media, and this is where uh, most sales are being made now, why Sears is at the brink of closing and Amazon is growing oh, yeah. beyond anything, um, mm-hmm. is because people are attracted to and they like the convenience of picking up their phone or their tablet and getting and doing anything that they want to do, including entertainment. Well, relationship with God can be offered in the same way. We need to be relevant on the Internet, and we also need to be relevant in our community. The doors of the church don't have to close. On the Internet, we make ourselves available. In our local community, we must also become touchable and reachable in in our community so that people know that we're there. When the computer won't do, they still want somebody to touch. When your loved one dies, we can't eulogize them on Facebook. We can't eulogize them on social media. They still need to come into a church. They still need to go into a funeral home with someone to speak over their lives. And so we need to still be relevant and have our doors open for that purpose. But our doors open mean that we have to have a huge uh, auditorium. It means that we have to have an auditorium that fits the needs of those people who are in our demographic. And we must know who and what our demographic is, whether they're saved or not. If a pastor or leader is working in a community and has never done a demographic study, they're shortchanging themselves and they're shortchanging the people in the community where they have been set to serve. You must know who and what makes up the people who will potentially walk in your door. Correct. So that um, that's so uh, well put. And um, I just I, well, I do want you to give your um, service time. I do want to say we we uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing with us. And um, I just, we, we're going to put a pin in that uh, about forgiveness because I think that deserves a whole segment <laughs> on itself. Because I would comment, but I don't want to. Uh, leave anything open ended, but um, oh, I please, just, I oh, just, please comment. I, 
I just will say that sometimes um, when it comes to forgiveness and victims and uh, victimizers, that sometimes that that you will never come to agreement with the with the victimizer and the victim. They will never see the same the see on the same page. But that's another story. We'll continue that later. But but uh, I do thank you. Thank you, thank you for sharing with us uh, this Saturday afternoon. Uh, once again, to our listeners, thank you for sharing and listening every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. If you perhaps um, missed the first uh, part of the show, you can log back on uh, immediately following the show, and you can listen to everything in, in its entirety. Um, Pastor McCants, thank you. God bless you. Uh, just give us your service times, and you can close us out in prayer. Thank you so much, Elder, for having me on again. I really appreciate you and Global Gospel, um, and I pray that somebody was touched um, by just the dialogue that we had on today. I'm located at 200 Middle Country Road in Middle Island, New York, um, and our service time uh, for the next two weeks actually is 9 a.m., and following the third Sunday we'll be moving to a traditional hour of 11 o'clock a.m. at 200 Middle Country Road in Middle Island, New York. Thank you so much. And, Pastor, I just want to say, as we move forward from here, um, there doesn't have to be a meeting of the minds in order for us to give for, to forgive other people. Forgiveness is for you. It's not necessarily for the other person. When we forgive, we release ourselves from being held up by what happened, and we release the other person to find a way to, to reach forgiveness and repentance for themselves with God. Thank you so Amen. much. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time of communication and dialogue, Lord God, for the purpose of building the kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord God, and pray that the words you allowed me to share, Lord God, that, Father God, it will help someone and lead them to you. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for Elder Townsend. I thank you for this work that he has done. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, for the kingdom at all, Lord Jesus, that we will see ourselves, Lord God, the way you see us. That, Father God, we will see ourselves according to your word. Father, I thank you even now, Lord God, that forgiveness, Lord God, is available to us through Jesus Christ. And Father God, I pray for every hurt person. I thank, pray for every injured person, for, Lord Father, everyone who has ever felt violated, Lord God. Father God, I pray for that person who is suffering and struggling with forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray that they will begin to see, Lord God, something different. That Father God, when they forgive, it doesn't mean that, that, that they, uh, they say it's right, Lord God. Forgiveness, Lord God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, it does not mean that what was done was right. But Father God, I thank you even now that forgiveness means I'm free of being held bondage by things that have happened to me. And Father, I pray even now, Lord God, that we will begin to see ourselves according to your word and that we will begin to operate in your word. Father God, that the people of God will no longer be in bondage, Lord God, by the things that have happened. And Father God, I thank you even in your word that it says count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Father God, I thank you even now, Lord God, that it's working, Lord God, for our greater good. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray that you bless this radio program, Lord God. I pray that you bless, Lord God, those who are listening and those who will listen to the recording, Lord God. If they be sick, I pray, Lord God, that you be their healer. If they need help, Lord God, I pray that you'll be their helper. Father God, if they need love, I know you'll be their lover. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you're everything that we may need and that they will find their peace in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless all churches that are open in your name, Lord God, and every leader, Lord God, who may be subject to the things that we discuss. That, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we will find more parishioners that will pray for the pulpit, Lord God, as the pulpit will return to you and pray for the pew. I thank you now and submit these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen and thank God. 
Amen. God bless you. But still I hear you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.